Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War, and someday, when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better read than death, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shockers round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I, have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces around the moon in the world, we learn their spirits, not animals. He said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll set them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.
Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That's Vince Taglia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Vince, wake up. Wake up, Vince. It's, Vince, it's not nap time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey. I'm sorry. He froze up for a second there. I had to. I joke with him all the time. That's okay. Uh, this is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, and that was uh, we, the, we Must Fight speech by former President Ronald Reagan. And uh, probably one of my all-time favorite speeches. And the most important part of that speech, I think, is the end right there. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. I actually have a shirt yeah. that says that. And I wear it every time that I am a speaker somewhere. That's the shirt I wear. Because the truth is the truth. And, you know... Right now, we are in a trying time for America, for the world. It is a uh, very persistent pestilence that is overcoming this world, as well as a very transitional phase for humanity. Um, and here at the Red Pill Project, what we do is we keep you informed. We, we look at the narrative and try to understand what's happening, what's going to come next. And we have a very uh, good level of accuracy that we've done here the last few years. That's because we pearl string the narrative and understand how the narrative operates. And once we can able to do that, then we're able to counter the narrative. We're able to know what they're going to do before they do it. And man, are we, are we in trying times, man? It is just interesting. So we're going to talk about a few things tonight. I urge everybody out there. If you're new here, if this is the first time you're watching the Red Pill Project, the Daily Dose, or any of our shows, please definitely hit subscribe, hit that like button, hit that share, comment, get into the chats, um, and, and be engaged, as well as go on over to redpills.tv, redpills.tv, that's our primary website, you can find us over there, you can subscribe there, you get a daily newsletter, um, as well as Social Red Pill, which is linked up over there, that's our private social network. I have a lot of people that ask me for the link from last night. Um, if you want the link, uh, just make sure you remember the social med red pill. I did put it out on my telegram. Um, I will have a new link tomorrow. So that is Chris's affiliate link. We'll have our own affiliate link um, tomorrow. It's just all getting set up. But if you guys want to use that, then just wait and I'll send that out tomorrow. Um, if you want to use Chris's, that's fine. I will send out Chris's link. Just let me, I'll put it on the social red pill. So you guys have it there um, because that's a great product. I've ordered some myself. And uh, I've been doing mushrooms all day. Not the, the not the crazy kind, but the other Good. kind. But uh, I'm going to have to get my hands on some. Yeah, yeah, no. And, you know, mushrooms are a, an amazing thing. And I, I just want to get one of these myocilium experts on to come and talk about it. I'm trying to get Paul Stamets mm. on a show. But we'll see how that works out mm. and if we can get him on. Um, a, a few things I wanted to discuss and talk about. A great show today with David Whitehead on uh, kind of the the global agenda, what's happening, the hidden hand behind the scenes, Nazism, uh, socialism, communism, fascism, how it all plays into the grand agenda. That's on Earth Chronicles. You can find that on Badlands TV. Uh, that's on Rumble. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Chris, uh, he's just been an outpouring of love. He was sending me some messages. You guys have all sent him, which is awesome. Thank you so much for sending him messages. He can definitely use the positive reinforcement. And uh, I think it was a good show last night, even though we didn't oh, cover yeah. much news. It was still a good show getting that information out there. Um, Donald Trump broke the internet today with his, uh, his truth social post. And this is it right there. Donald Trump with the gavel. And I absolutely love this. And we're going to talk about that today. The first thing I want to talk about, though, 
is Vince. Oh, we're talking about me today. Great. No, Vince, we're not all zombies, are we? No. Well, depends what your definition definition of zombie is, but no, we're not a traditional brain eating zombie per se, which is great. I saw I saw a bunch of people on Twitter apologizing to their audience about really? it all, and and it's just like, listen, does the technology exist? Yeah. It probably is happens. it plausible? No. <laughs> like. Like it's like, come on! If they're gonna do something like that, what you do is you randomly select a hundred people in a geographic area, you target them, and, and you target them, and you let the the nano limit particles explode, and the the Ebola or the Marburg start running its course, and then you do it in another city a few days later, because you know I don't know what. That's how many of us actually believe that they spread SARS-CoV-2. Hmm. It's exactly about this. You go to my March 2020 shows. I'm talking about exactly. Hmm that now nothing against everything i actually explained a little bit in the dark delight show today how all the technology works and the reason why it's highly implausible is because in order to oscillate a a nanolipid particle with 18 even with 18 gigahertz mm -hmm. you would need so much power generated by these 5g antennas it's just not it's not feasible it just doesn't that happen work like all at once Right. So, yeah, it would be easier to do one person at a time. And why would you do it all coordinated with the EBS? But the interesting thing about the EBS is that, number one, we're not all zombies. Nobody's got Marburg. Maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But Russia as well ran a very, very similar exercise. Yeah, I think the UK did too. So Russia and Western nations are all running very similar exercises of their emergency alert systems. Russia was actually no joke, though. Uh, if I can find the one about Russia, here we yeah. go. Yeah, they're also building, um, they also did like, a, this one was nuclear based and not mm -hmm. nationwide, or not all of Russia did it, but uh, they're converting their underground infrastructure into fallout shelters. And now it's followed up by this. Yep. Chilling moment, nuke, incoming sirens sound, and school kids wear gas masks and war drills as Putin readies Russia for World War War Three. Uh, this is no joke. This is real. This actually happened in Russia today um, in Russia's first nationwide civil defense exercise as Putin indoctrinates his people about the dangers of the West triggering nuclear war. Well, I, I would be worried about the West starting nuclear war in Russia, too. They've kind of threatened it over and over and over again, and they're they're instigating war directly with nato's involvement in ukraine so you know i don't blame putin for this is putin a good guy probably not but does he no. care about his country yeah he does is he anti-western globalism yeah he is the is the enemy of my enemy my friend in this sense sometimes. yeah yeah sometimes so really interesting there but you know I, dude to, to wrap a lot of this up mm -hmm. um i i put this out there it was just a really quick tweet. So we are seeing massive political destabilization. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Almost like it was predicted to occur at the same time social and cultural destabilization was occurring in prelude to a financial collapse. Uh, so like the firestorm idea there? Yeah. I, I, firestorm. Guys, it, it's freaking happening. And I hope that I'm not like manifesting this because I don't nah. want any of this to happen. But this stuff is real. <sighs> it's happening. And yeah. 
I talked about it a little bit on Earth Chronicles today, that what you have is you have the nation states getting ready for warfare, economic collapse. But then you have the financiers, the hidden hand up here, that's controlling all the strings. They are just waiting. Just like in World War I and World War II, they controlled the fallout. They controlled mm -hmm. the chaos because they funded each side. And yeah. that's what they're doing right now. They're waiting for social chaos to ensue. They're waiting for political destabilization to take down nation states. They're waiting for the economic collapse of rush people into poverty. They're mm -hmm. waiting for the supply chain to completely break down. They're waiting for World War Three to break yes. out. It's their, it's their war, man. It's not our war. How many people do you see like, oh, I want to go fight this war? Nobody. Mm -hmm. Because it's not our war to fight. We don't want to fight a war. We want peace. This is the puppet masters at work. And yeah, they are waiting there for it. Is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I laid it out earlier uh, on Earth Ground. I'm sorry. I like got all these other shows that I do during the day. So like I got to kind of partition what I do here. But I laid it out on Earth Chronicles of how they're going to implement this. And I talked about the, the, the corporate fascism that is coming, of how corporations are going to single-handedly take over the world. And this has been their plan from the get-go because they knew people would reject central bank digital currencies. They knew people would uprise against their governments. They knew that political and social and economic destabilization would occur. And they have the new system all ready to go. And what this is going to be is imagine you have global economic collapse that occurs and people are pushed out of work. People don't have food. All of a sudden your bank calls you up and says, Hey, look, our company has invested in these, these retailers. We're owned by BlackRock and BlackRock owns these. State Street calls up and we're owned by these. And what we're doing is, is if you accept our digital currency, we want to give you some for free. If you accept our digital currency, you can use these to go out there and get food. And this is how it'll begin to get implemented. And all of a sudden you'll have a corporate fascist takeover of the world in one fell swoop where people will ignore the federal government. And the federal governments will lose their power source. I'm not saying it's going to happen like this entirely really, really fast, but it's a possibility. And this is kind of where it's, it's moving towards, but we got to fight. We got to fight. Yeah, man, we do. And, and um, metaphorically speaking, right. I mean, hopefully, but uh, it goes back to the intro video. I wasn't being metaphorical that well one. <laughs> it goes back to the intro though uh, uh when it started the intro video it talks of, of appeasement mm. what does that lead to we cannot just sit idly by and let this stuff happen we have to be loud and vocal and start there right and that's exactly what we do every day and that and that's that's an important aspect i think well i'm not a big proponent of marjorie taylor green we all know this but what did she say today she was on. Uh, oh, let me let me find it. Actually, I, I can find this real quick because um, I think I'm pretty sure I saved it. I, I, well, she was on Infowars with Alex Jones today. Oh, really? I didn't see this. And let me see here. Uh, Infowars. Let me see if I can find it real quick because yep, there it is. This is good. This is Alex Jones and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And whether you like them or hate them, I don't care. Just listen to what they say. And I don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene. But listen to what they say. Not that I don't like her. I just think that she's part of the problem. Um, do you think he'll accept that commission? I think President Trump would accept it. I, I do. And I think it would be on an interim basis. 
And I think it would be the greatest thing that could happen because Washington, D.C. constantly is fighting against President Trump. This is this is the epicenter of globalism. This is where the communist layer exists is in Washington, D.C. And they could not they could probably not even imagine President Trump being Speaker of the House. But that's exactly who should be Speaker of the House right now. And I'll tell you why, Alex. What do we do to make that happen? Everybody needs to call in to every single representative in Congress, every single Republican, because you want to know something, Alex? All the voters voted for the representatives that I work with here. And President Trump, if they're a Republican, very likely endorsed their Republican representative. And that means that they won their election with the help of President Trump. Well, it's time to come back and it's time to help President Trump. We need to make him Speaker of the House for an interim time period so that we can right the ship and we can actually do the right thing in the House of Representatives. And imagine that message. So we're putting on screen house.gov forward slash representatives. It has all the phone numbers to all your congresspeople, particularly Republicans. And imagine the image while they've demonized him and attacked him. He's got the gavel for six months. That It's got to happen. And I know he was trying to be nice like you with McCarthy, hoping you know, he, he wants to make deals. But man, now this has happened. He's got to... I think he should start lobbying right now. This needs to happen. Well, how about them? Hmm. Apples. Apples? Oh, yeah, how about them apples? Lobbying. He needs to start lobbying right away. Well, let's let's watch this video. Okay. Uh, This is Matt Gates. Gets. Let's let's watch this one. You want uh, ex-president Trump uh, to be speaker? I would. Have you talked to him about it? I have. What did he say? Oh, I keep my conversations with the former president uh, between the two of us. Congressman, President Trump uh, took to Truth Social this afternoon, and he said that why is it the Republicans are always fighting among themselves? Why aren't they fighting the radical left Democrats who are destroying our country? Now, I know you've had conversations with President Trump, and you intimated that he was, you know, you understood where he was coming from, and it seemed to indicate that maybe he was maybe in favor of what you were doing, but wasn't going to say so publicly. What can you tell us tonight, since he really is the leader of the party and you are a MAGA Republican and he's the top dog. So what do you say? Absolutely. I support President Trump, eager to campaign with him. Probably our private conversations I'm going to keep to us, but I think I'm in pretty good stead with the former president. You'll see me on the campaign trail with him soon. And by the way, you know who you won't see on the campaign trail at a big rally? Kevin McCarthy. Because if Kevin McCarthy took the stage at a Trump rally, he would be booed off of it like Lindsey Graham. Sources telling me at this hour, some House Republicans have been in contact with and have started an effort to draft former President Donald Trump to be the next speaker. And I have been told uh, that uh, President Trump might be open to helping the Republican Party, at least in the short term, if necessary, uh, if it's needed. It's needed. Now, go back to Donald Trump's speech a, a week ago where he said... Mm-hmm. Within five months, we'll have the votes. Imagine Donald Trump is speaker. Now, he's not going to be passing legislation. He's just going to be basically a no-vote leader. He breaks the the ties if ties come about this time. Okay? No-vote leader. But what happens when Donald Trump, the man who's leading in all the polls, the man who won really 2021, He's leading in all the polls. His endorsement is gold yeah. for any congressman. Okay? Yeah. If he becomes Speaker of the House, 
all those Republicans will have to vote in alignment with the party. Yeah, otherwise they're out. Otherwise they're out. So people are going to jump into line, and the people that support Trump are going to be shouting in their ears the whole time as well. So That's right. Wow. And and how, how epic would this be? I mean, how massive would the liberal meltdown be? Ah! <laughs> it would be nonstop music. Oh my goodness. And, and this would be the first time that this would ever happen. Now, Donald Trump did say he is willing to serve as speaker. We'll do whatever's best for the country. But also I want you to keep in mind this. And by the way, we said that this could potentially happen. We talked about this a while ago. Ivan oh, yeah. Racklin has been I'm saying sure. this. We've been saying this, but this is the key. That puts Donald Trump three positions from the White House. Speaker of the House is third in line of secession. To president. To president. Now, we know Joe Biden is in the process of being impeached. Yeah, the, the the narrative of support is changing for Joe Biden. Yep. We know that the Democrats want Joe Biden out. Now, now also, think about the amount of Democrats that just came about and ejected McCarthy. Now, you got to remember what Matt Getz was saying. Matt Getz was saying that McCarthy was working with the Democrats, that he was a Democrat puppet. He was Jeffrey's puppet. Then why did Jeffrey's and the Democrats vote to oust him? If that's their puppet, why would they join in in the vote? To keep up the facade? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Let's think tactics here. Maybe they have their own plan. Maybe they have their own plan. That 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 is a brilliant perspective. Do you think that the Democrats knew that they would try to bring in Donald Trump? They probably game-theoried it out and thought it was a possibility. But yet they still voted with Matt Katz. Right. Why? Why? What, what's going on here? Ilham Omar was looking at Matt Getz like... <laughs> Right? I didn't see that, but okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we have a lot of Democrats in Congress turning against Joe Biden. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe deals were made. Maybe. maybe deals were made. Deals are always maybe, made. Maybe they understand that nothing can stop what's coming. I don't know. I'm just speculating. here. Mm-hmm. But see, that's really odd to me that Kevin McCarthy is ousted when he he's the one who's supporting the Democrats, Ukraine, and all this. But then it's the same Democrats that vote to oust him. Maybe because he's kind of sitting on the fence, they actually don't think that he's enough on their side. I don't know. Well, spitballing. So Roxy said this um, right here that uh, word on the street is Nancy got kicked out of her office. Actually, Nancy was in the speaker's hideaway. So Kevin McCarthy never moved into the speaker's hideaway and Nancy Pelosi kept the speaker's hideaway. Um, I forget the dude's name, but once he took over as acting speaker, he kicked her ass out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I heard that the crew that cleaned it up got smashed by a bunch of empty wine bottles. (laughs) But, but that's important to understand is that Nancy Pelosi never moved out of the speaker's hideaway. She was still pulling strings. Probably. There it is. Yep. Is that she was still pulling strings and that maybe we have this, this shift. Maybe we, 
I don't know. There's there is a coup going on in Congress. I can tell you that right now. And that Democrats seem to be in on it. And I'm curious to where this impeachment of Joe Biden will go and how many Democrats will actually jump on board with it. Now, and then, and then what do they do next? This is happening, by the way, by next Wednesday. Seven days this could all start unfolding. This is my theory and prediction on the Joe Biden impeachment. Joe Biden's going to get impeached by the House. Okay? It's going to go to the Senate. Now, you got to remember, the argument everybody's putting out there, Dan Bongino was even like, I got to admit, I got to side with the Democrats. There's no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. Okay? Why did he say that? Okay. Everybody's saying that. But then a few people came out and said, oh, really? Well, son of a bitch. They fired his ass. There's all the evidence you need to know right there. That's quick right. quote crow Joe. Okay? Yeah. But There's but, like plenty of evidence. I don't understand that statement by Dan and others. Well, there's okay. no evidence from the bank account information linking it directly to Joe Biden. It's all Hunter Biden and his brother, um, his brother James. Okay. There's no direct evidence linking to Joe Biden. Uh, unless the judge believes the big guy narrative. Well, it's not a judge. It's Congress. Okay. So Congress is going to vote to impeach Biden. It's going to go to the Senate. Now, the Senate is going to deliberate and say, there's nothing There's nothing here for Joe Biden. And then it's going to drop. More info. PPJs. Devin Archer. Devin Archer recorded phone calls mm. of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and foreign nationals. CFC, uh, CFCS, China Energy Company, Ukrainian, Russian, he's got the phone calls. Congress has them. These guys have them, okay? Comer, Jordan, they have it. They're holding on to it until it gets to the Senate. Why? Because if it passes, it's going to pass the House. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But what happens when it gets to Senate? Well, then Mitch, Mitch McConnell comes in and we, we, we really don't want to impeach Joe Biden. We, want to, we don't want to cause this trouble. Listen. They're going to lie. You but yeah, when you is. have when you have such incriminating evidence as Joe Biden on a phone call, incriminating himself, all you need is two Democrats. Well, I think you need two-thirds majority, right? You need two-thirds majority. But imagine the outcry that's going to come. You already yeah. have the Democrats that are on the line with Joe Biden. They don't want Joe Biden anymore. They want to remove him. They're looking for a reason to remove him. When this goes to Senate and that drops, Joe Biden is going to get impeached and he's going to resign from office. That's my opinion. Okay? Now, mm -hmm. he could Bill Clinton it and stay out the rest of his term. I highly doubt it. That means that Kamala Harris would come in. Okay? So Kamala Harris comes in. So Kamala Harris comes in as president. They do not backfill the vice presidency. That's pretty common. They didn't do it with LBJ. They didn't do it with FDR. Okay? Mm -hmm. So they don't backfill the vice presidency. That okay. means that Donald Trump becomes Speaker of the House and now is one position away from president. Now all you would need is a situation to where Kamala Harris has to step down. I wonder if they have a, I wonder if that's there. I believe it is. And I believe the reason why you haven't heard 
anything about Kamala Harris, you haven't heard any corruption on Kamala Harris, is because that's the Trump card. They're just holding on to it. You get Donald Trump in his speaker, you remove Joe Biden, Kamala Harris goes to president, and then boom, one of the biggest scandals drops against Kamala Harris, and she's forced to resign her position, which then, by decree, it goes to Donald Trump. I'm I'm just speculating here, but this is a possibility, people. Yeah. Dirty knees gate. Would you be surprised with everything that you've seen so far? No. Dude, season 2023 of Earth is freaking epic. Yeah, I think it's a possibility. Um, yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces, man. That's why they call this 5D chess. So it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to watch unfold. It's happening quickly. Like I said, next week it could be as early as next week. We start seeing this unfold. Yep. We'll go from there. So uh, Laura Loomer came out today. She said she's been looking at Kevin McCarthy's money transfers. Did you know that since the beginning of the year, Kevin McCarthy has transferred over $1.8 million from the Protect the House 2024 Joint Fundraising Committee to his own personal Kevin McCarthy for Congress re-election fund? Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Not yeah. only that, it's the same fund has been used to pay off oh. members like Lauren Boebert. Good God. And of course, they're probably going to keep this money. This mm-hmm. is the problem. This is the problem with our current system. This corruption that comes just from 1.5 mil or whatever it may be. And that's just on paper, y'all. There's more behind the scenes you could have bet. Yep. So, man, it's just, it, it's so crazy. All these things that are happening in the world today. Uh, all at the same time, kind of like as we talked, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had the Donald Trump lawsuit, the civil lawsuit, where the judge puts a gag order on Donald Trump. Now, yeah. the judge comes out and puts a gag order on Donald Trump, right? Yep. Dude, you gone to his true social? I haven't read all of it, but yeah, I have. It's just, boom. It, it, it's nothing. Look, look, right here. Um, he, well, okay, so he's talking about Frederica Wilson right here. But he goes in. He's he's posting all the news articles pertaining to Letitia J- uh, James or Letia, Letitia James, right here. He's posting news articles about them. He's going on about the judge. He's going on about the. I'm just done with the DeSantis stuff. But he can stop with the DeSantis stuff. But he goes on. He starts talking about the judge. Mm-hmm. Um, now Letitia James is coming out there and she's crying. He's being racist. He's promoting violence and blah blah blah. And he just doesn't give a crap about the gag order. Doesn't care about one bit about the gag order. Well, technically, he's not saying anything. He's just sharing news stories. Oh, right. <laughs> now, right? what's... I mean... Yeah, he's just sharing news stories. <laughs> All right. So, police state, FBI quietly created new category of extremism ahead of the 2024 election to include Trump MAGA supporters. As uh, the Trump, the 2024 election season heats up, the FBI has created a new terrorism category to include Trump supporters. This is taking place at the same time the Biden regime is targeting President Trump with over 91 indictments in the bogus criminal acts of several states. And it occurs as a demented president screams about MAGA during his public speeches. What's next? Prison camps. Yeah. Um, so it, wouldn't it be easier for them to make a list of people that don't support Trump? Yeah, right. <laughs> So this is from the FBI whistleblower, Stephen Friend, but uh, this is a Newsweek article. 
where he says, while the numbers of investigations in 2021 almost doubled from 2020 to around 9,000, the number of full investigations that led to arrest was only 1,446, not much more than 1,446. He says uh, Newsmax has reported this, and we'll go in here and look at the article. Donald Trump followers targeted by FBI at 2024 election news. And so the FBI is now focusing on MAGA supporters. The Bureau runs a risk of provoking a very anti-government activist that terrorism agencies hope to counteract. This is scary because this is us. This means that we're on a list, that we're being tracked, that we're being watched. Oh, yeah. And they're going to interfere in the election somehow Mm -hmm. again. Well, they're going to try. They're going to basically, I think if Republicans win, they're going to come out and say, oh, they stole the election. They cheated. Absolutely. Like I said, what Ray Dalio said, it's going to go to civil war. Oh, I hope not. So ex-Soviet state claims the U.S. is funding violent color revolutions. Uh, Georgia, the former Russian uh, Soviet state, has raised the alarm over the U.S. aid funded violent uprising activists. The Georgian government said Monday it had interrogated agitators from a U.S.-funded group planning to unleash a violent color revolution. The group was previously involved in the 2003 civil unrest in the country. The head of the ruling party explained that it is seeking an explanation from Washington. The U.S. Embassy in Tbilisi didn't deny bankrolling the outfit, but said its activities were about supporting Georgian democracy. They're doing this for your own good. Yeah. According to the Georgian State Security Service, the SUS, three Serbian nationals from an organization called Canvas arrived in Georgia last week and met with local activists at the Tbilisi Hotel to train them how to overthrow the government by violent means. The destructive and illegal actions would target the government, security service, and Orthodox Church using techniques such as roadblocks and setting up protest encampments in front of government buildings, the SUS said. Canvas activists also showed examples from Serbia on how to invade the parliament, take broadcasting services offline, and overthrow the government according to the security agency. Doesn't that sound a little familiar? I mean, those tactics just seem like very familiar to me. They're Oh. Fancy. Oh. All right. There we are. Those tactics seem familiar because they're everywhere. Global. Yep. So... I found a series of articles that kind of go together, but I found it interesting that they're coming out now. Did you remember last year when we saw the articles that global warming is going to give people heart attacks and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And shaking your duvet cover, yeah. This epidemic of chronic illness is killing us too soon. The United States is failing at the fundamental mission of keeping people alive. After decades of progress, life expectancy, long regarded as a singular benchmark of the nation's success, peaked in 2014 at 78.9 years, then drifted downward even before the coronavirus pandemic. Among wealthy nations, the United States in recent decades went from the middle of the pack to being an outlier, and it continues to fall further and further behind. So this is due to, well, they say gun violence, the opioid crisis. And really what this is due to, guys, is pharmaceutical drugs. I'm freaking telling you. If you're on pharmaceutical drugs, I would highly suggest, highly suggest, is find one of the doctors in our network and go talk to them. Find a holistic naturopathic doctor and go talk to them. Find and seek alternative solutions through licensed doctors. I'm not telling you to go do stuff, okay? But 
the pharmaceutical, you know, Brian, Dr. Brian Artis, uh, he's, he's on the whole thing about the snake venom, which he's right. 90% of all pharmaceutical drugs have snake venom in them. And uh, Dr. Cohen in 1958 to 1962 won the Nobel Prize for discovering that snake venom, when injected into biological mammalian cells, produces cancer. Okay? So if snake venom is, or venom is in your vaccines, it's in your medicines, and snake venom causes cancer, right? Okay. So what he was saying, though, is one of his educators at school, when he first started in chiropractic school, he had a uh, allopathic doctor, an MD come in. And this guy had just left the medical industry because of the atrocities that he believed that they were committed. And this guy taught them specifically this. Do you take aspirin? Do you take Tylenol? Do you take codeine? Do you take, do you take any level of drugs, high cholesterol drugs, whatever it is? You don't have a deficiency of those drugs in your body. You're taking something that you don't have a deficiency in. And then the, the doctor said something smart, and Brian Artis was say, talking about this, is that drugs don't have side effects. Drugs have effects. What you're experiencing as a side effect is not a side effect. It's an effect of the drug because your body doesn't need that drug. Your body is most likely deficient or over-efficient of something. There's an imbalance somewhere in your body. You're Absolutely. missing something or you have something that's not supposed to be in there. <clears throat> yeah. And if your body has the right building blocks of natural things in this world, then it can repair itself. Putting yeah. something foreign into your body, it's going to create some other mysterious thing and your body's probably going to have to try to get rid of it or it's going to, to wreak havoc. Who knows? That's just, yeah. I'm just a nobody, but that's just my understanding of how our bodies work. Well, and this is the beautiful thing, because you go back to Chris Eric's story last night, right? Yeah. Three months, 90 days, he's basically cancer-free. He's using, um, he's using a, a greens supplement, which is basically chopped down micronutrients, microgreens. He was using Fenben, Fen, um, Fenben, Fenbenzobine. Fenben, Fenbenzenol, or whatever. Fenbenzenol, whatever. And then he was using a few mushroom supplements. Now, what he was also, I don't know if he mentioned this, but he was eating very clean, okay? He was eating a very, very clean diet. He was also reducing his phone time, reducing television time, reducing stress in life. He wasn't out there podcasting. He wasn't out there doing events. He took a break. He sat back. He relaxed. He enjoyed nature. He limited his stress level. But he, what he did is he limited his exposure to the external world, to electromagnetic frequencies, 5G. He limited his exposure to various lights. He got ample amounts of sleep. He went to bed on time and correctly. He did yeah. all the right things. And what he did is he was detoxing his body this whole time. Yeah, and when you get – good. You listed a lot of things there of what he did. It wasn't, I don't believe, in my opinion, one singular thing that's going to cure people of whatever type of autoimmune disease they have, whether it be MS or cancer or anything. There's a lot of things that contribute to your health, and I don't think there's one magic answer. And uh, the uh, combination of all those things, I think, really has an effect, especially stress. Mm -hmm. Stress has a bigger impact on people's health than they know. 
Someone said no volume. No volume where? Not working on DLive. Looks like DLive just crapped. Um, one second, guys. Looks like people can't hear us. Is it I Vince that has us. no volume? Or is it me that has no volume? I can hear us. Okay. Okay, good, good. Seems to be it was Facebook and D Live, two people. But okay, good, good. I'm glad everybody can hear us. Um, but what what I think it comes about for health is when you get all the shit out of the way, your body can naturally do what it needs to do. Okay. Yeah, and, and give it the things it needs to do it as well because you need those vitamins, and nutrients. Yeah, those mushrooms increase the propensity, the strength of your immune system. The microgreens provide your body with all the nutrients that your body needs. The fenbenzidol, that kills any harmful parasites that are in your body. Those three things right there, along with a clean, healthy diet, some intermittent fasting, will completely revolutionize and transmute your whole life. Because when things are allowed to flow and your body's allowed to actually do what it's meant to do, you'll thrive. The majority of, what is it? I think like any doctor that I've had on here will say the same thing. All disease is produced from inflammation. What does inflammation do? It expands parts of the body. It engorges them with white blood cells, with blood, and it expands that area. Well, if you have a contracted lymphatic system, a lymphatic system that can't move toxins in and out of your body, what do you think is going to happen? If you have chronic inflammation in your knees and your joints and your shoulders and your back and in your chest, your body can't get rid of all the toxins in your body. They end up building up over time and that turns into cancer. But when you take yourself out of that environment that's producing that toxicity, you start putting immune boosters in there. You reduce the inflammation in your body and stuff begins to break up and start moving. Now your body can naturally heal itself. I'm telling you, this is the secret to health. And I'm, I'm on the kick right now. Like I said, I've been doing mushrooms for a few months now. I haven't really been taking it too seriously the last few weeks because stress, been living life, been traveling, all these things. But I'm telling you, what I like today, I haven't eaten today. All I taken today was uh, I, got, I got this guy right here. This is Super Immune Mushroom Complex. This is from Herba Mama, right? And this has um, shiitake. It has agrarius. It has turkey tails, which we were just talking about last night. It has chaga, cordyceps, lion's mane, and reishi in it, right? It, it, this is like 10,000 times the, the average nutritional dose you're supposed to take. I throw this in my coffee. I throw this in my tea. I have a mushroom supplement powder, which is... 80% mushrooms, and then it's microgreens and micronutrients. I throw I throw a, a quarter scoop of that in my coffee in the morning with a little bit of heavy cream and stevia. That is all I have consumed today. And I feel good. I feel great. And it's kind of like a fast, but it's kind of not. But I don't, so I like fasting and I think fasting is good. But if you're going to also do like, if you're like me and you're like very, um, you're, you're crazy when you get out of cycle, like, if I'm going to fast, I might as well fast 20 days a month. Why not? Right. Instead of doing that, what you want to do is you, at least what I found is imagine yourself 8,000 years ago, living 
in the wilderness, in a cave, or in a hut, and having a family or a tribe to feed and survive. Men would go out on five-man hunting parties. The only thing that they, they would take with them is a cup for water, and they would take a few berries, some nuts, or small little things they'd be able to carry with them, or some cured meat. But they would that's what they would eat for five days when they're out in the rough and they're out hiking and doing these things. Okay, they would eat very minimal calories throughout the day. And then what would happen is they would get a kill. They'd get a fish, they'd get a deer, they'd get an elk. And they, then immediately they would gut it and they would start eating the organ meat. They wouldn't cook that shit. They were eating that shit straight up. Okay, but then they take back and the rest of the meat was given to everybody else. But what was happening here is they weren't totally fasting themselves. They had a little bit of calories each and every day to keep the nutrition up, to keep the nutrients flowing in the body. But at the same time, they weren't meeting their caloric intake, so their body was still kind of in a semi-fasted state. And so this is what I did quite a few years ago when I lost a whole, I had gained a whole bunch of weight because of stress in my life. I said, I'm going to do it, forget about it. And I just, I, I had two ideas of eating. Number one, if I had a meal, my meal was three handfuls, okay? And usually one handful of veggies and then two handfuls of meat, right? So one steak. One steak, by the way, is all, it's 100 grams of protein and about 2,000 calories. That, that is basically all you need every day if you're a man. I know people are like, no, I need a lot more than that. That's okay. But if I'm in this non-fast, if I'm in this fasted, quasi-fasted state, one handful of food is all you need. A little bit of heavy cream, maybe 500 calories. But that would keep you going and it'll also allow you to become fat adaptive way faster because your body's seeing calories come in and it realizes that, hey, look, we're, we're, we're bringing calories in. So there's food available, but we're not, we're not starving. We're not starving. So I can burn this fat. So one of the, one of the old idealistic principles in the sense of fasting is that your body goes in the starvation mode. And so, and this actually does happen with people who fast a lot, is that your body goes in the starvation mode. And so how this happens is that you don't eat, you don't take in anything, you're only drinking water. Your body gets scared. It starts stressing itself. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it starts burning the fat. But the moment mm -hmm. you take in other calories, the body immediately replenishes those fat stores. Right. Because the body's scared. Oh my God, I just went through this cycle. Oh, I, 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 I could have died. So I need to store more fat in case that happens again. But if you do this fasting state where you're still taking in a little bit of calories per day, the body's like, okay, I'm not starving. There's a food available, but not as much food as I normally need. So I'm not going to stress too much. But I'm still going to burn the fat. And then the body's also like, well, I don't need to replenish the fat stores because we still have nutrients coming in. I can, I can work with this. And so it brings it, and I forget what they call it, uh, uh, but it, it works like if you're a meta, me, um, me, mesomorph, if you're a mesomorph like me, Northern Climatic, Scotland, mm -hmm. Ireland, Britain, Northern Russia, Siberian, these types of things. If you're from those types of climates and you're a mesomorph, this is what you, how you need to be eating because you will just shed off body weight. It'll just peel right off you. But the key there as well is to do, exor do exercise. And you don't have to go to the gym. 
You know what you do? Mm-hmm. Go on a walk. Go on a freaking walk. Like, how long does it take you to walk a mile, Vince? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Perfect. So if it takes you 20 minutes to walk a mile, it takes me about 15, 16 minutes to walk a mile. I actually walk really fast for short legs. Okay. But if I know I can walk 50, uh, one mile in 15 minutes, there's four 15-minute segments in an hour. Okay? So that means mm-hmm. I can walk four miles in an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I can walk four miles in an hour, and I'm doing that twice a day, that's eight miles a day. If you're walking two hours a day, if you're walking one hour a day, everything will just shed right off. You don't have to go work out. You don't need to go lift weights. I would highly recommend doing some push-ups, some pull-ups, some sit-ups, maybe once or twice a day. Uh, Mike Metzner, he's a former Mr. Olympia, Mr. Universe bodybuilder. Yes, he died at 60 of a heart attack, but that was probably because he was shooting up steroids. But he's the one that dev- the, the understood the high-intensity workouts with oh. weights that the your muscle doesn't build by this. Your muscle builds by this. Oh, reverse, reversal, right? Reverse contractions. That yeah. when you're doing like when you're doing chest, this is your this is where you want to be, and so all it is is one extension. You hold it there and you do short bursts like this, hmm. because that's where the greatest strain in the rips are coming in your mu- muscle, the micro tears. When you're going down like this, all you're doing is screwing your shoulders up, and he, the guy's a genius on this. You'll need, and he says you only need to be working out 15 minutes a day. If you're in training, 30 minutes a day. Yeah, it really baffles me. I just started getting into more um, training. And you think about it in uh, – you think about it, <clears throat> it doesn't take a lot of time at all, you know, even if you're doing 100 of something. Um, and I'm taking it really slow, and I just want to share this with people. If you're like I, – I, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, I can't walk a mile – I could barely get up and down. Don't walk then. What can you do? What can you do? Do it a hundred times today and start there. Start with what you could do. And yeah. even if it's something trivial, getting up and getting down, you're like, okay, that's enough for me. Do that then. That's perfect. You're going to notice uh, improvement with whatever you do. And one thing that you can also do, and, and this is a great way to do it, um, whether you can do push ups and sit ups or not is attempt to do 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups and 10 jumping jacks a day. And then once you once you get those push-ups good, you can do 10 push-ups a day. Yeah, 10 use sit-ups your knees a day. If you have to. The next day try to do two sets of that in a day. And then try to do three sets of that in a day. Four sets, five sets, 10 sets. And basically just every hour drop down, do some 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, 10 jumping jacks. And then when that becomes no longer challenging, move it to 20 then 30, then 40, then 50. Just saying, it's a good suggestion for everybody out there. And it doesn't matter if you're a 90-year-old person and you're listening to this like, I can't do that. My body hurts. Well, your body hurts because you have no cartilage. Your body's broken down. You have toxicity, inflammation, these types of things. All these things will help. Look at the centurions that are out there right now. The majority of people who live past 100, they have massive cognitive retention Mm -hmm. they can think clearly they can speak clearly but what do they always do 
something. They're always they're always walking, they're moving, they're always going through movements throughout the day. And I think it's so important that, um, I, who was a doctor? Um, it was one of those health nut doctors, but he said, the best advice that I can give to anybody who wants to be healthy in life. And this guy was like 90 something year old doctor. He goes, the best advice I can give you move, hmm. move. Yeah. Which means just move. Yeah, which means you're going to have to have a plan. You're going to have to have some yeah. goals. You're going to have to have some things that you're interested interested yeah. in. Just don't 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 sit down. Don't you know? That's one of the biggest problems in America, and probably why the the uh, um, the mortality rate is so high is because this mm. is quite literally what people do a lot of the day because they're sitting in front of a computer in and out. But if you yeah. go back to the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. Most Americans were what? Working in factories. They were moving. They were continuously mm -hmm. doing various different types of labor all day, every day. People in the 1960s and 70s, they didn't have cell phones and TVs delivering cable and a thousand channels to kick back on. Instead, they went out and they did family things after school. And they, you know, yeah. they, they had cookouts and they worked on the yard and they did these things day in and day out. They had farms to work on. They would mm -hmm. take chores. Some, yeah, chores. I consider chores a good workout. If I'm crawling around in the garden all day picking weeds, I'm not going to lie. I feel like, okay, I need to stretch. I feel like crawling around. You get yep. a little workout in. Now, here's the interesting part. And this is kind of where I was leading up to with all of this. Uh-huh. Is uh, a few years ago when we were talking about the COVID vaccine and immunosuppression that was going to come about from the COVID vaccine, yeah. one of the things we mentioned was how this is going to basically cause Everything from the common cold to kill you. Right. Everything from the common cold to kill you. Chilling fine. Common cold can trigger a killer blood clot disorder, scientists discovered for the first time. That's hilarious. Well, it's not, but you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Yep. For the first time, scientists at the University of North Carolina have found a link between the life-threatening blood clotting disorder and the adenovirus infection. Adenovirus is one of the most common respiratory viruses affecting both adults and children, causing cold and flu-like symptoms. Viral infection, as well as autoimmune diseases and other conditions, can cause levels of platelets in the blood to drop, known as thrombocytopenia. Platelets and thrombocytes are a vital part of the blood, responsible for forming clots, which stop you bleeding when you're injured. The adenovirus associated disorder is now one of the four recognized anti-PF4, anti-placent factor four disorders. Uh, we hope that our findings will lead to earlier diagnosis, appropriate and optimized treatment. Yeah, more drugs is what they're talking about there. The common cold is going to cause you to stroke out. How convenient. How convenient. Not me. So... Carbon in the air, global warming, the water you drink, everything is going to cause heart attacks, cardiovascular disease, and uh, strokes and blood clots now. The one thing, so this is probably an epidemiological study, right? They go and they do a study amongst a whole bunch of people in the last year that have died of this and they take in. But the one thing that they're probably not checking off that list is, is that person vaccinated against COVID-19? I know. It's I'm just to cover their tracks. It's just to cover their tracks. Yeah, dude. These people are sick. It's the vaccine, stupid. I'm going to be pissed if I have a heart attack. You're not vaccinated. No, I'm not. Yep. But I have been. I haven't been lately, but it got me. Now, have you heard the new, uh, the new hype out of the World Economic Forum? Yes, I think so. 
Yeah, so climate inaction would become illegal. Running too many electric lights for too long, it could boost your utility bill and it could make you a criminal. Likewise, you would be a criminal if you were guilty of climate inaction by not meeting the demands of those who have submitted to the ideology that man-made global warming changed to climate change when warming stopped is going to destroy life on the planet if people don't start driving electric cars, using electricity from giant eagle-slicing windmills and such. Uh, Slay News explained the World Economic Forum is calling on governments around the world to turn uh, into criminals anyone who fails through climate inaction. Severe penalties must follow, the World Economic Forum said, because those offenses would be classified as human rights violations. It you know what we should do? We should plant a shitload of trees with the Red Pill family. Not yeah. because of climate change, not because of this green stuff, but just because we could also spread the truth at the same time. I don't know. It's just a shoot, taking a shot in the dark here, but it's one of those ideas. One out of a hundred is good. Take it or leave it. But I, this is fake, dude. This is fake news. I'm more concerned with like actually it, helping. It is fake. And, and I'm actually looking for this video. They're doing um, it though. They are. But this is what I really want to do. And this is one idea that I have um for if you guys heard uh, i think it was earth chronicles or the dark delight show i talked a little bit more about um the american preservation project that we're doing and we there what what's oh, that wait. wait what is that the american preservation project is a 501c3 that we are forming through the oh, red okay. pill project it won't be it won't be the red pill project it won't be associated with the red pill project uh but it will be something that is ran by people on the red pill project but um, one of the things I wanted to do was uh, I found these houses and I'm looking for them right now. Uh, let, let me see if I can find them because these things are badass and, and they're not difficult to create. Okay. Okay. They're actually really, really cheap to make. Um. Of course, I don't have it there. Um, let me go in here. Let me see if I, I can find it real quick. Go ahead. I have to warn you. I'm not a big fan of these types of things. I don't think we'll see, but of what type of things of like tiny home situations. Is this what, it oh, this is a tiny home situation to cheap fabrications. Nope. Definitely not that. Definitely not anything like that. Um, up there there. I'm curious. This is actually really cool. They're calling me Vince Appleseed now. Here we go. And yep, we should be good. Here we go. Built without brick by brick. How did they do it? This is a technology developed by the American company Binichels to blow bubbles to build a house. When working, first build the foundation according to the drawings, then blow up the air pump bag like a bubbly. A basic house model is now available. Then pull the steel mesh along the surface of the air pump bag to fix the shape. After everything is ready, workers can then pour concrete with handheld spray guns. A house like this can be painted in just one day. After the concrete solidifies, a rough house was built. The internal air pump bag can also be reused after deflation. Compared with traditional construction methods, this technology can reduce
reduce construction hours by approximately 66%. The cost of a house built in this way is only $3,000 to $500. Not only that, its dome-like structure can evenly transfer the resistance pressure to the foundation along the entire perimeter of the building, thus making the house stronger. can withstand natural disasters such as wind, snow, earthquakes, etc., and its non-flammability also eliminates fire hazards. In fact, many buildings used similar methods to build houses as early as ancient times. Not only saves time and effort, the unique shape looks particularly beautiful. It is also one of the most environmentally friendly buildings to date. Many tourist attractions and resorts have similar buildings. So do you agree with this concept of building a What do you think, Vince? I think that it's really cool. And there's a celebrity that actually lives in a mansion built uh -huh. in this manner. I forget who. I've seen that. Um, I don't know uh, if it would be legal in every state. If, like, let's say I wanted to do this, like, real, for real, for real, and I had the cash and I'm ready to go, you'd have to figure out how to get it engineered. Like, what engineer do I talk to to get oh, that plans approved for that? You know what I mean? And then you have to well, get it inspected. It's just, I don't know how it would work. Um, but it's cool. So you would you'd pick a state that typically allows, I think they're called, um, you, you mentioned earth homes. So uh -huh. uh, most counties and states, they allow those things. Um, so if you had a big portion of land, big piece of land, something like that for construction, like that huge one they did. What are those called, by the way? Um, they are called dome homes, I think. They're called uh, bubble-blowing homes. But I right. actually got the website. I, I don't have the website on me, but though mm -hmm. I had the website where it talks all about them. But okay. uh, a, a typical home, like a, mm -hmm. a 12,000 to 15,000 square foot home like that mm -hmm. is like 60 grand. I I mean, so here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's 60 grand to hire somebody to do it and build it. 60 grand worth of material. So maybe oh. if you're going to hire somebody to do it, 60K. quite honestly, something like that, if you're a smart dude, you could do yourself. If you're doing like one of the small That's ones, a 2,000 or 3,000 square foot one, you could literally put these in the backyard. And if you built it out of... I feel like um, it would be more expensive. But well, you'd, have to, you'd have to get a, multiple concrete trucks one day <clears throat> to come in and drop Well, think about 3D concrete. printed houses. That's what they're basically doing with 3D printed houses. But this makes yeah, the 3D printer obsolete. Makes it so much easier. <clears throat> and, you know, concrete. I wonder. I don't know. The question is, is, is concrete um, less expensive? Or are there honest. other materials that you can build yourself? I mean, Roman cement. You can, you can make some Roman cement and do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, sure. If it's really much cheaper, why not go for it? Yeah. If you could figure it all out, but, but I, I'm gonna I'd, put I'd, those I'd all over. To learn more. I'd be I'm curious. I'm gonna put to those more. all over the land. <laughs> Man, the great home. Oh, yeah, it's hard to find information on this, huh? You type it in is. bubble and homes, and they talk about the damn markets. Yeah, I'll I'll find the link for you and get it out to you. Um, 
so going back to that article, though, the most civilized, civilized nations around the world, human right violations are serious crimes that carry harsh punishments, report charge. In the United States, punishments for human right violations vary from fine or imprisonment or up to one year or both, according to the FBI. The report said that penalties go even further. If bodily injury results, if such actions include the use of attempted use or threatened use of a dangerous weapon, explosives, or fire, offenders are fined or imprisoned for up to 10 years. If a human right violation is death, or if such acts include kidnapping or attempted the kidnap, uh, obviously death penalty and life in jail. So the World Economic Forum is basically comparing climate inaction to crimes against humanity to where, think about your climate inaction. A house catches on fire, uh, you know, a old lady dies because her electricity got shut off um, and you had your lights on. Who knows what they can extrapolate out of that? But they're going to start up. Oh, there it is. Monolithicdome.com. Yep. Thank you much. Right there. Monolithicdome.com is a good resource. Vince is all like, okay, let me see. Yeah, they're going after us. Yeah, I am. I want to see this stuff. I'm curious. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Now, moving into the economic side of the house, banks are bracing for recession as treasury yields surge. The 10-year yield has surged this last week. Last week, we were talking about the two-year yield, how it spiked massively and then had an influx of capital from the Fed. Um, bank stocks might be on the pace for yearly losses as sharply higher interest rates take a toll, but the industry reserves are at the highest level in three decades. <laughs> The reason that is because the Fed pumped money into them. Bank shares have come over more shelling pressure since the Federal Reserve in September signaled it could keep rates higher for a longer than anticipated. The tough talk has dampened the year's rally in stocks and re reignited the dramatic sell-off in roughly $25 trillion treasury market. So there's a bond sell-off right now. Mm -hmm. And the market went up today, of course. But uh, then on top of this, you have one in eight U.S. households saw a drop in income last month. This is wow. the first time since 2008 that that's happened. It uh, went from 11.8% last month to 10.8%, a 1% drop in household income. That's significant. So what is this telling us economically? Is that we are at that point. Oh, yeah. Monolithic. Okay, sorry. It's uh, monolithic.org. Thank you. Well, monolithic. Yeah, monolithic. Okay. But what that's telling us specifically is that our economy is in dire straits. It's in a very, very rough situation and that it is one global event away from collapse and crash. And that we're not the only economy that is like this. It's all around the planet. And it goes back to my talk earlier about these large financial institutions and their privatized digital currencies to where they're anticipating this. And what they're going to do is they're going to, you know, during, um, during the early foundations of this country, when it was founded, you would have businesses that issued their own credit slips. Have you ever heard of this? No. I'm not familiar with so that. In the very early days of money, um, mm -hmm. you would go to, let's say, the 7 Eleven. In the 7 Eleven, you'd use the 7 Eleven's currency. Oh, and wow. basically, the 7 Eleven would issue their own currency for use within the 7 Eleven, right? Or, or whoever it was, or various different banks would issue their own banknotes. That's mm, why they're okay. the name banknotes. 
Um, and bank. So if you banked at uh, Wells Fargo, and you would have Wells Fargo banknotes. If you banked at Chase, you have Chase banknotes. And since it was a very well-known bank, and it had maybe branches throughout the state, you could use those banknotes throughout the state at various different places if you traveled a lot. But most people were always local. So the local bank would issue the bank notes and those people would just inter-exchange them amongst each other. They would hand them in at the end of the month to the bank and the bank would accompany the ledger. The ledger would be updated and the accounts would be shifted. Well, this is where we're headed back to. Banks are going to start taking over ownership. I said this a few months ago. I said, with the raising interest rates in home mortgages, banks are going to come out and you're just going to start seeing privatized lending. What do I mean by that? Large financial institutions have a plethora of excess cash. They can loan that to you at 4% interest if you adopt their new digital currency on their banking platform. It's really that simple. And since nobody wants an 8% mortgage for 30 years, I'd much rather have a 3 or 4% mortgage through JP Morgan or Wells Fargo through their privatized capital line that is going to give me that. And this is how things are going to start working out, that people are going to distrust the global financial markets. They're going to distrust the Federal Reserve, which you should, Congress to regulate it. And these financial institutions are going to take over the economic system and basically monopolize and centralize all the power. It's going to be a wild ride, dude. There's stuff and things out there to support that theory. That's for sure. Yep. So several schoolgirls from St. Teresa's Agreji Girls High School in Kenya have been hospitalized over a mysterious illness. Reports say most of the students' legs are paralyzed and they are unable to walk. This is pretty <clears throat> wacky. Yeah, Have you seen this scary. video yet? Mm -hmm. You know what I say? Get them some ivermectin. Something, dude. Give That's... them some ivermectin and some mushrooms. I guarantee you they'll be. That is. Good as new. Yeah, it's That's polio. serious. Most likely polio. And I bet it's they all just got their polio vaccine booster shots. Yeah, right. Bill Gates just flew off. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Gavin Newsom has just signed a bill banning hand-counting ballots in most elections. Yeah, banning hand-counting? Yep. Okay. What? Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, God. Don't have any more information on it, but that's kind of interesting. Uh, Elon Musk posted today, citizen journalism is the path to a better future. I strongly encourage people around the world to post news about events as they're happening in both text and video. And then General Michael Flynn came out and said, I completely agree. And so, said so many years ago, given about the current spate of attacks on you, you know how a little bit more about why the left attacked me so hard. We have an army of digital soldiers circa November 2016. So General Michael Flynn just reposted this video. And I don't care what you think of him, still the best video ever. And we have an army, okay, as a, as a soldier and as a, as, a, uh, as a general, as a retired general, we have an army of digital soldiers. What we are now, what, what we call, I call them, because this was an insurgency, folks. This was run like an insurgency. This was irregular warfare at its finest in politics. And that, that story will will continue to be told here, but we have what we call citizen journalists. 
Okay, because the because the the journalists that we have in our media did a disservice to themselves, actually more than they did to this country. They did a disservice to themselves because they displayed an arrogance that is unprecedented. And so the American people decided to take over the idea of information. Mm. They took over the idea of information and they did it through social media. Well said. Can't disagree with that because that's how we got it back. Uh, I love it, dude. The Pope is now claiming that the world is collapsing and scolds those who deny man-made climate change. Yeah, he's really going downhill fast, too. Yes. Crazy Pope. Okay. I, I wanted to find this news article. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I what? found it. Ooh. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say what regarding regarding what um, science science. This is, this is something that's very, very interesting. Something we usually talk about on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw a video on this earlier. I went and checked it out. I had it. Uh, there it is. Bonus article. Guys, this is, this is really interesting, especially with the nature of reality. And I'm going to do my best to explain what they did here. Okay. Vince, have you ever heard of the double slit experiment? Yeah, I'm not very well versed in it, but I kind of understand the basics, fun, basic fundamentals, I guess. Yeah, I have halfway. Okay, so basically the, the double slit experiment, um, Schrodinger's paradox, the Nobel Prize in physics with quantum entanglement, all kind of are relatively the same, okay? The idea that they give about is that a photon... Um, exists in a state of non-locality, wherein that in the double slit experiment, I can shoot a photon at two slits and there's a point where measurement comes in and I can see the photon split and go in each direction. Then there's a point where there's no measurement and it has interference backsplatter. So in the idea, the very simple explanation, is that the photon acts as a particle and a wave, given about to what's known as particle wave duality. Okay, and the the particle wave duality or the collapsing of the waveform is dependent upon the measurement. Now, science will say it's not the observer, it's the measurement. It's called the observer problem. The reason is, is because there's a measurement taking place. You always will see a particle. Now, the scientists say, well, you could measure it in any way. Right. But either way, someone person has to observe the measurement in some way, shape or form. And that's a collapsing of the wave. So with the double slit experiment is that the wave of the particle or the wave of the photon interferes with itself when you're not watching or when you're not paying attention. Kind of very, very basal example here. Uh, But what it shows is that a photon can exist in two states known as a superposition at the same time. Okay. And then the Nobel Prize in physics this last year. Um, verified what's known as quantum entanglement, but also it verified that, yes, particles exist in a continuous state of quantum entanglement, but also non-locality, as in that there is the space around the particle is non-existent unless that particle is being observed. Pretty interesting. Scientists have just recreated the double slit experiment. 
with time. So they found that time exists in a superposition. So time is not fluid. It's not linear. But time instead is something that's most likely generated by the observer themselves. And the way they did this is they took a consistent laser focused at like uh, basically the same thing that your computer, your computer or your phone screen uses. And then they took a pulse laser. And what they did is they did this at 10 millionth of a second. And what they found out is that light, white light that was going in to the screen should be consistent. But what they were finding is that there was these little photons that were shooting off in red wavelengths or blue wavelengths, which means that if the laser beam is being shot at the same time, because frequency, light is frequency, and frequency is what? A measure of time. A measure, basically all frequency is, is a measure of a photon per time, right? Hmm. So frequency is inversely, or yeah, frequency is inversely proportional to time. So the lower the frequency, the quicker that frequency is you're going to appear to this. This is why we have redshift and blue shift, right? Hmm. So the shorter the wavelength, the longer that wavelength is going to take to get to you. It makes sense if you think about, um, you know, it's taking smaller steps to get to you versus it's taking larger steps to get to you, right? But what they did is when they were shooting these lasers, they were seeing that the lasers would kind of separate in a spectrum, kind of like Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And since this is all happening at the same time, what they realized is that the white light was subdividing into frequencies. Well, if frequencies are inversely proportional to time and a representation of the time, this means that the beam of light was hitting the object all at the same time. But the separation of that light beam, kind of like the double slit, when it went through the slit, it was coming out as red, ultraviolet, green, or blue, which means that it was deviating from the frequency that it was originally shot at. And since it was deviating from the frequency it was really shot at, it means that the time is different. As in one frequency that was being shot out is one hundredth of a microsecond. Another is 10 millionth of a microsecond. Another is 200 thousandths of a microsecond. Is that time was existing at different times at that same place in space. Which means that photons exist in superposition. Which time exists in a superposition. If time exists in superposition, that means that there is no time. That time is simply a relative effect of the observer. That everything in the universe exists right now, all at the same time. The spiritualists of the old world have always been right this whole time. Pun intended. And I guess light has a variable speed. Well, and the speed of light does have a variable speed. And since we know that the speed of light, we're able to determine exactly that. But pretty cool experiment. That's fascinating. So you don't know what time it is until you check. Basically, <laughs> no, it means that there is no time until you check. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating, dude. Hmm. But then consciousness plays an important role in all of this, which is pretty cool. Um, guys, what I would like you to do is I'd like you to go on over to socialredpill.com, socialredpill.com. Um, if you're able to support us with the membership over there, it does help. Um, 
it does help support Vince, myself, Jim Price, and everybody else that we're bringing to the Red Pill Project. We got some new podcasts potentially coming to the Red Pill Project. Jim Price Show is going to be broadcasting. Um, I got a message last night from an old friend who used to broadcast on the channel. And uh, looks like he's going to send over a, a, a promo podcast. So waiting for that to come through. That'd be pretty cool. What? I'll talk to you about it later. Um, and so we have a lot of changes coming in here. So if you guys can help support us, it definitely does help. We are 100% user funded. We are funded by you guys and you guys only. If you guys use our affiliates that we use as well, Kirk Elliott, getgoldtoday.com, uh, gold and silver 401ks, IRAs. If you use him, if you use my Patriot supply, redpills.tv slash Patriot. If you use my pillow, use that promo code RPP or any of the other affiliates that we have listed on our website, plus many more that are about to come out. You know, these are ways to support us. You can make donations. You can uh, support us with a subscription, whether it's on Substack or Social Red Pill. All of it definitely does help keep this going. So much love and appreciation for all of that, guys. Um, tomorrow night, we have our After Dark Q&A. That will be myself. I'll see if Jim Price wants to join, but that'll be myself joining in there. Uh, that is every Thursday night on live on Zoom. We have Zoom sessions every night that people do join into. Um, I might jump in and say hi to some people tonight. Ooh. But other than that, guys, much love, respect. God bless you guys. Oh, you we, guys got have... we got some oh, donos. We got some. Oh, we got some donos, and we do have the battle of the streams as well. People can support us with subscriptions on D Live and Pilled and Rumble. Those are also places you can support us with. Uh, D Select is celebrating a nine month subscription streak. Thank you so much, D Select. Get her done. Uh, donated two lemons. Patriotic Pisces celebrating a nineteen month subscription streak. Love the beach. Three lemons. Thank you so much. Get her done. Patriotic Pisces and love the beach. Um, Stall fifty three thirty six. Donated three lemons. RPG thirty five seventy three. Two ice cream. Castle drummer gifted a can. Thank you so much. Stall RPG and castle drummer. Grandma five revolt. Three lemons. Princess little eight. Three ice cream. Grismo seven. Two lemons. Thank you so much. Grandma princess and Grismo and Pammy Pam Pam. One ninja guinea. Oh, thank you so much, Pammy Pam Pam. Much appreciated on that, guys. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys all have a great night. We're gonna see you guys tomorrow night. Another episode of the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. And don't miss tomorrow night because we released the cracking, the scratching, and the chest. And I believe I don't know if you got it last week, but if you didn't, we'll get it this week. So, take care, guys. Good night. Either we will get the full cooperation.